Our guest today, Todd Churches, shares his views on the key to leading and managing and what has become a whole new world. Find out more. Join us for episode 265 of Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. This episode is brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, enabling successful leaders and companies to accelerate to their next level of success. On the web at businessadvance.com. And now, here's Pam and Scott. Welcome, everyone. I'm Pam Harper, founding partner and CEO of Business Advancement Incorporated. And right along with me is my business partner and husband, Scott Harper. Hi, everybody. It's always great to join you again for another episode of Growth Igniters Radio. And as always, our purpose here is to spark new insights, inspiration, and immediately useful ideas that can help visionary leaders accelerate themselves and their companies to their next level of game-changing innovation, transformation, and growth. Now, Pam, let's face it. Change is inevitable. Everyone knows that. But the past three years feel like the world is changing in so many ways so much faster than ever before. Yes. And here's the thing. As leaders, we're not just managing changes in the business environment. We're also leading human beings who might feel uncertain and may not always see eye to eye. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So remember, what we do today isn't just about steering our organizations through the changing environment. It's also about bringing employees, partners, and other stakeholders along on the journey. Yeah. And that's why we're glad to be speaking today with our returning guest, Todd Churches, CEO and co-founder of Big Blue Gumball, a New York City-based consulting firm specializing in leadership development, public speaking, and executive coaching. Todd is a member of Marshall Goldsmith's MG100 Coaches. He's a three-time award-winning adjunct professor of leadership at New York University, a lecturer on leadership at Columbia University, and a TEDx speaker. He's also author of the award-winning book, Visual Leadership, Leveraging the Power of Visual Thinking in Leadership and in Life. It was named by Soundview Executive Book Summaries as one of the best business books of 2022. In fact, Todd is a pioneering thought leader in the fields of visual leadership and visual coaching. He was one of eight global finalists for the 2021 Thinkers 50 Distinguished Achievement Award in Leadership, and he's listed by Thinkers 360 as one of the top 50 global thought leaders and influencers in the field of management and design thinking. In addition to that, he's ranked number 44 on the Leadership Power List 200. You can read much more about Todd's background by going to growthignitersradio.com, episode 265, and scrolling down to the bio link in resources. Todd, welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio. Thank you, Pam. Thank you, Scott. Yeah, it's great to be back with both of you. I always enjoy your show. You always have amazing thought leaders and great conversations. Honored to be. Welcome back a second time. Yes, and you are an important part of the Growth Igniters community. We've really grown this, and we're really glad you're part of it. So you can add that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll put that, I'll add that to my already lengthy bio. Todd, it's been three years since we first had our conversation with you about your book, Visual Leadership. And that three years has been a real roller coaster ride. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it has. In so many ways. It really has become a whole new world, hasn't it? 
Yeah, roller coaster is a great metaphor. As you know, I do a lot of work around visual imagery and metaphor. And a lot of times when I talk about careers, we often use the term career path. But I always、mm -hmm. say a path implies that it's laid out in the park for you and stepping stones. It is a roller coaster of ups and downs, twists and turns, exhilarating highs and terrifying plummets. And that is exactly what these last few years have been. So when we when my book came out. In May of 2020, the pandemic had just kind of hit in March of 2020, so all my book events were canceled. So everyone, we didn't even know how long it would last or what would happen. And here we are on this side of it, and yeah, it is a whole new world compared to the world we were living in only a few years ago. So let's talk a little bit more about what we mean when we say a whole new world. I mean, everybody talks about it, but you've been seeing some things. So I mean, we're peers. Let's talk about this. What's something you're seeing? Sure.、Well Earlier in my career, when I worked in the television industry, before I got into executive coaching, I worked for a number of companies in LA, including Disney. So, a whole new world, of course, brings up the song, <laughs>、oh. the movie Aladdin. Now I can't get that song out of my head; it's running on a <laughs> continuous loop. But if you think about some of the lyrics, which I was just listening to and re-listening to, a whole new world. I can show you the world. That's the job of a leader, right? So, I actually was thinking about how to turn this love song into a, a visual leadership song, right? I can show you the world. I can open Open your eyes. I could take you on a magic carpet ride, right? We need a new fantastic point of view. It's a dazzling place we never knew. When we're way up here, it's crystal clear, right? There's a hundred thousand things to see. I can't go back to where I used to be. That's a perfect line to say because a lot of leaders want to turn the calendar back to 2019 and just say, "Let's just let's all let's all pretend this never happened." Yeah, but you can't close your eyes. No, and to use the Aladdin metaphor. The genie's out of the bottle, and then、yes. the train's left the station, and the toothpaste is out of the tube. Whatever metaphor you want to use, there's no going back. As much as some people would like to, and that and that's a good thing not to go back because things were not perfect back then. But now there's this battle between those who want to go back to the old way and those who want to move forward and say, let's you know, the old way wasn't perfect anyway, so why not change? So I think this battle and the whole return to office versus work from home or work from anywhere. Is one of the hottest issues out there right now. So, so yeah, it is a whole new world, and there are new rules, and we need to figure out what the game. What what is this new game we're playing, and what the new rules are? How do you win? So you can't unscramble the egg. <laughs> we can spend the whole show just doing metaphors. <laughs> metaphor. More, more visual. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Here's the question: Among all the impacts, what is one of the most profound impacts? That this new environment has on leaders as they try to bring everybody together to go in new directions and adapt to what's happening and take advantage of it. Even yeah, the hottest one of the hot acronyms that came out of the last few years is VUCA, right? V U C A. We're living in a world that is volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous, and it always has been, but it's more than ever. It's at hyper speed. A blog post I wrote, and I actually mentioned it briefly in my book, is that we need the opposite of VUCA is what I call CCSC. So, in a world of volatility, we need to find a state of calmness. We need to calm things down. In a world of uncertainty. There's always going to be uncertainties, but what are the things that we are certain about? We need to identify those things. In a world of complexity, the job of the leader is to simplify things, and in a world of ambiguity, we need to find some clarity within the fog. Right. So the opposite of VUCA is to do those things: try to calm things down, create certainty, simplify, and then help to create some clarity. Not only for ourselves, but for our people, because otherwise, people get paralyzed by indecision. 
they need to feel like they're being led and that they're on a foundation of solid ground, even though there are things are unstable, things are unknown. We need to identify the things we do know and figure out whether we go from here based on what we do know, because we can't make predictions anymore six months, a year, two years out, because things are so constantly in a state of flux. That's true. We're saying that you really have to have very short periods of time. It's like taking a quick picture at any moment in time, and then it all changes. Something you said before, we are trying to create that sense of calm or create a simplicity. And at the same time, as I opened, it's hard for people to see even eye to eye to go with visual leadership here. So what's the key to leading and managing in this whole new world where we do not necessarily see eye to eye on what even are the facts or what we should do about it? Yeah. The cover of my book, the visual is a rainbow colored eye. And the rainbow colored eye, originally I had a blue eye because for brand consistency with my company, Big Blue Gumball, I used a blue eye, even though I don't have blue eyes. But then I realized the blue eye is not inclusive. So I switched the blue eye to a rainbow colored eye that represents Mm. two things. One, it represents the fact that just as there is no one in the world who has a rainbow colored eye that I've ever met, no one in the world sees the world through the same lens that you do. So that's something that leaders need to realize that our biases, our assumptions, our life experiences, our culture, they all shape what we see, but also what we miss, right? So that's the first thing is we need to hit the pause button, realize that things that are clear, crystal clear to us may not be visible at all to someone else. So we need to stop and realize that. And the other component of the rainbow eye is that we need to use all the colors in the crayon box to be innovative and creative in terms of finding new solutions and new ways of thinking. And my concept of flipping the eye is that we need to turn that eye on ourselves, question our biases and assumptions and belief systems, and try to see the world through the the lens of others who are different from us. So that ties into another hot topic out there, which is diversity, inclusion, equity, and belonging. So there is no one way of seeing anything. You know, our lens is not the only lens. Connection between all the different parts that are out there is so important. And you talk about special ways of communicating to create that connection. Yeah, one of the ways to communicate is through visual thinking. And I I talk about four different ways to think and communicate more visually. We'll just dangle that as a teaser. In a few minutes, I will reveal the four ways to think and communicate more visually. (laughs) Yes. So right now, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll dig deeper with leadership and executive coach Todd Church's author of Visual Leadership on Communicating for Connection in a Whole New World. Stay with us. This is Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. We're brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, and we're on the web at businessadvance.com. Now here at BAI, we focus on enabling visionary CEOs and C-suite leaders to accelerate the momentum it takes to achieve game-changing innovation, transformation, and growth. It's so exciting to be well into our ninth year of Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. Nine Nine years. Nine years. That's a long time. And we're proud that in the process, we've received top podcast recognition in 2022. This year, we're having more conversations with CEOs and thought leaders like Todd Churches who are changing the face of business. And we're featuring more of our own Quick Take episodes as well. If you're enjoying listening to this podcast, spread the good word and become a recommender. Just open Growth Igniters Radio on whatever 
podcast app you use, write a review. And feel free to share links to your favorite episodes, maybe this one, in your social media. Welcome back to Growth Igniter's Radio with Pam Harper, that's me, and Scott Harper. Today, Scott and I are speaking with leadership and executive coach Todd Churches, author of the book Visual Leadership, about leading and managing in the constantly evolving new world that we all live in. Todd, tell us how people can find out more about you, your keynote, your books, your services, all things Todd Churches. Sure. The best way is to just go to my website, toddchurches.com, and it's C-H-E-R-C-H-E-S. And there you can find information about my book. You can find my TED Talk on the power of visual thinking, as well as you can find a little teaser, the three biggest complaints people have about me. So I actually have that in a pie chart on my website if you want to look that up. And you also, you can feel free to link in with, connect with me on LinkedIn. I, I live on LinkedIn. So just say you saw me on the Pam and, and Scott's uh, Growth Igniters Radio. And and drop me a note, and I'm happy to link in with you and continue the conversation on LinkedIn. Yes, and you can find out more information and links for this episode, including our first conversation with Todd regarding his book when it first came out by going to growthignitersradio.com, episode 265, and scrolling down to resources. So in the first segment, we spoke about how we are in a whole new world, a little bit different than maybe Disney, but nonetheless very real. And we're going to dig deeper into how using the principles of visual leadership can bridge gaps in connection. We were saying that connection is such an important part of bringing everybody together. Right. Let's dig deeper. You just used the term bridging gaps, right? So if you think about a bridge, what does a bridge do? It connects, right? A bridge yes. connects two sides of, say, land to get you over a bridge over troubled water, right? Which is what we're navigating sometimes. But the word bridge, uh, there's a chapter in my book where I talk about that. Growing up, we would be driving from uh, Long Island into Brooklyn to visit my great-grandmother, and we'd pass a certain spot, and there'd be a certain sign, and my father would yell out you know, to my mother, D, give me a pen and pe- a piece of paper and a pencil, and my mother would roll her eyes and say, why, Harvey? And he'd say, don't you see the sign? And it would say, draw a bridge. So that's one of those corny <laughs> dad jokes that I repost on on social media every Father's Day, as I did just the other day. But if you think about the two words drawing and bridging, drawing is about illustration. It's about painting a picture. It's about illustrating. It's about a way of communicating. And bridging is about connection. So that's very much a foundational concept. So even though it's a corny dad joke from my childhood, I still not only refer back to it. I hope anytime any of your listeners passes a sign in the future that says draw a bridge, just try that. Just say to someone, hey, give me a piece of paper and a pen. And you'll get a, and you'll get an instant laugh in the car, and and my father would appreciate that. He just uh, passed yes. away a few years ago. But the idea behind draw bridge is that you know how can we use drawing, illustration, pictures to communicate and get ideas out of our head to other people's heads so that they can see what we're saying. So in my book, I talk about four different ways to think and communicate more visually, and drawing and the use of visual imagery is the first of those four. Can you give us a story of? how somebody has used the principles of visual leadership to connect disparate people. Sure. One example, I actually wrote an article for Inc. Magazine about it 
if you can just Google, if you just look up, can you draw what your company does, you will find that article on Inc. But basically, I do an exercise with clients where they have to get up at a flip chart or whiteboard and actually draw what is what it is that you do as a company or, your, or as a team or department or products or services, and how is it different from and better than the competition. So I did this with a group of sales execs from a pharmaceutical co company, and one guy drew a metaphor of a big whale eating up the little goldfish, saying we're eating up the competition. And their VP said that's a great drawing it wasn't that great but it was good enough <laughs> so again this even if you have icd which is i can't draw syndrome if you could play pictionary with your friends and family you could draw a stick figure and draw well enough to illustrate so he drew a picture but the issue the vp had was not with the artistic nature of it but he said a lot of our competitors are bigger than us so it's that whale versus goldfish it's not an accurate visual metaphor he said it's more like and he paused for a second he said it's more like they're sharks it's more, and we're dolphins because they just bite off a piece of business and leave their customer bleeding and swim away with it. Well, we are but like dolphins. We communicate. We are warm and friendly and smart and 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 welcoming and customer service oriented. So that that whale versus goldfish became dolphin versus shark, and the dolphin became their mascot and their metaphor for their core values and how they were going to treat their customers. So. That all happened within that all happened within a 20 minute exercise. They may never wow. have reached that point if not for that exercise. They all came together and were actually able to see it in that same way. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, they actually each had to do a drawing and tell a story about the drawing and how that represented, you know, who they were and what they did, their identity. But that metaphor basically helped them solidify who they were in terms of their core values and how they would treat customers and what was important to them. So that's just one real life example. And it brought everyone together. It created connection and, and bonded them. And that, you know, people, when they were interacting with customers, they would say, Is this, are we being dolphins here? Or are we being sharks here? And it reminded them to be dolphin-like rather than shark-like in their interactions with their customers. Wow, that's powerful. So that's just one example of the four ways. And that also ties into way number three, which is using metaphor and analogy to say this is like that in a way that our customer or our stakeholder will it will resonate with them, right? So if you're using a metaphor, like I use a lot of baseball analogies because I'm a big baseball fan, but if I'm talking to someone from Europe, I might use soccer or someone in Canada, I might use hockey or right, football, right? I'm always corrected when, I, when I'm talking to people in London, I call soccer football football, soccer, right? I have to differentiate between American football. But yeah, we have to speak the language of others if we want to connect with them. I'm right. really glad you brought that up, Todd, because people in different parts of the world have, sometimes they have the same word and they mean something totally different. It's something I would imagine you have to really understand a little bit to bring people together in that way. And when you use imagery, now when I say boot, I don't mean a shoe. I mean the trunk of my car. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Draw the trunk of the car or a shoe. Okay, I got that. Which leads me to another question, which is, you know, you're talking about these things. The mindset, you know, what is the mindset that it takes? I mean, what if somebody says, I'm not visual? Can they apply these principles? Or they got to get it. And if they don't get it, screw them. Yeah. A lot of people say, oh, I'm not visual or I'm more auditory or more whatever. Our brains are just wired. We are wired visually. We are wired for story. That's just the way our brains work. So even people who say, if you can't draw, you can use a prop. You can use a picture from a magazine. You could use 
just visual, I always take, talk about visual imagery, but also visual language, right? If you tell a story, like if I say that's just the tip of the iceberg, it represents the fact that, you know, an iceberg represents what we see and know versus what we don't, right? We know that 90% of what exists is lies beneath the surface. So if I say this is just the ice, tip of the iceberg, that reminds us that we need to dive down and find what else is there, right? So we use those expressions all the time. So if we, some metaphors will confuse or alienate people if they can't, if it doesn't resonate with them. But if you use a metaphor, say, from nature, that is more universal. So if I say, let's plant the seed for an idea, let's get to the root of the problem, let's branch out in new directions, let's see which ideas bear fruit, and if we do, the sky's the limit, I just use five different <laughs> nature tree-related yeah. me analogies or metaphors that anyone can relate to. So I think uh -huh. that's the key, is we need to think about, all right, who's my audience? What's my purpose and what's going to resonate with them? How am I going to hook them in rather than turn them away? Okay, okay so well, trees that's... don't grow to the sky. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but, a real, no, but a real life example, a CEO who gets up and tells a story about, a funny thing happened to me when I was playing golf at the yacht club the other day. You've just lost 90% of your oh. audience, all the, mm. all the younger people, people who don't play golf, who don't belong to it. So if you're trying to connect with people and you tell, it could have been a great story, but you just lost them, right? So you need aware of just those little subtle things, especially again, especially, you know, in the world of diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging, are you inclusive? Uh, is your example inclusive or exclusive, right? Are you alienate people or are you drawing them in? And a lot of times until you're aware of that. So one of the ideas behind visual thinking and visual leadership is it makes you aware of things that maybe you hadn't thought about before. And I mentioned visual imagery and drawing. Category two is using mental models and frameworks. Category three is metaphors and analogies. And category four is using stories with humor if and when appropriate. So I just wanted to make sure we hit on each of those four. We're going to revisit this. So we're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, Scott and I will speak more with leadership and executive coach Todd Churches, author of the book Visual Leadership, about immediately useful ideas for communicating for connection in a whole new world. Stay with us. You are listening to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. We're brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, where we focus on enabling visionary leaders visionary leaders to dramatically increase the momentum it takes to achieve game-changing results. We're on the web at businessadvance.com. Have you ever wondered if so many CEOs think it's important to lead for business transformation and long-term growth in a rapidly changing world, why can it be so challenging to break the orbit of the status quo? As an author and advisor to visionary CEOs who often face mysterious pushback to their big ideas, that was the question that sent me on a long search for answers. So what's the secret of the great leaders? The successful visionary leaders I call growth igniters? The ones who are able to ignite game-changing growth, business growth over and over again? What's their secret? They're able to anticipate and embrace the hidden leadership dynamics that can naturally emerge in uncharted territory. And how do they do this? That's what I share in my keynote, Break Orbit, Achieving Long-Term Growth in a Short-Term World. Go to PamHarperSpeaks.com today to find out more about Pam's keynote and her availability to speak at your next leadership conference or executive retreat. Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. 
Over the last two segments, Scott and I have been speaking with leadership and executive coach Todd Churches, author of Visual Leadership, about leading and managing in the constantly evolving world we all live in, a whole new world. Todd, remind us how people can find out more about you, your keynote, your books, your services, and I understand chapters of your book. Sure. Best way is to just go to toddchurches.com and you'll find information about my book and you can find my TED Talk there on the power of visual thinking. You can also connect with me on LinkedIn. And if you would like to get a free chapter of my book, I have a lot of different chapters. I think the best one that would be available as a free download, if you go to toddchurches.com slash passion, you can download my passion skill matrix chapter, which out of all my coaching tools, that's one of the ones that most people find the most insightful and valuable and productive to help them identify what their passions are, what their skills are, and it's something you could use for yourself or with your team. So toddchurches.com slash passion will enable you to download the PDF chapter from my book. And of course, you can get links for this episode by going to growthignitersradio.com, episode 265, and scrolling down under resources. So Todd, we are at the part of our episode where we talk about three immediately useful, practical ideas. And in this case, it's for communicating for connection in a whole new world. So we're going to take it one at a time. We have to talk with you about these things because you have so much to share. What is your first immediately useful idea? Sure. Well, like I always say, with anything, it's always harder to decide what to leave out than what to include. So, But the three things, I'm going to give a, a teaser. I'm going to call them reflection, introspection, and connection. Those are my three ideas, and they're featured in Chapter 60 of my book. So the first one is about reflection. Reflection is about looking backward, right? So in order to look forward, we need to look backward. One of the metaphors I use in my TED Talk and in my book is the leadership journey. And it's let's picture you're sitting inside a car. And if you look through the front view, the windshield and the road ahead, that represents the future, right? We can only see as far as the eye can see, as far as the horizon. And it may be blue skies and clear sailing, but we don't know what's over the horizon, right? Similarly, with leadership, we don't know what's lying ahead in the future. All we could do, and Peter Drucker said the best way to predict the future is to create it, right? So how can we create the future that we want, right? Rather than a future that just, you know, may 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 uh, come upon us. So we need to be proactive rather than reactive, and we need to think and plan ahead, and we need to talk to other people. And as leaders, sometimes we feel like we have to have all the answers, but we are be- our, the most important thing we could do is ask good questions and get answers from other people. And one of the acronyms is an acronym called PESL which are external factors that we need to think about. And PESL stands for political, economic, sociological, technological, legal, and environmental. So if you think about that, all of those things have changed. You know, we are in a whole new world politically, right? What's going on out there in the world politically, economically, you know, how the markets change, sociologically, people issues, what's changed in that area, technology. AI, ChatGPT, how is that impacting the work that we do, right? Legal and regulatory issues are constantly changing, environmental and climate issues, right? So if we ignore any of these pestle forces, and I didn't come up with the acronym pestle, it's been around for a long time. If we ignore those external factors, all our internal plans won't matter if we're doing things in a vacuum. So I think that's the first one, reflection is thinking back on where we came from and how we got here, but then also thinking about the future and looking forward. You know, I'm really glad that you mentioned this because 
I meet a lot of people who say, I don't want to look behind me. I want to look forward. I, you know, why do we have to look at history? We don't want to do that. And yet I've also asked people the questions. If you look just two years ago, and now we're looking really three years ago, what's changed? And when people look at that, then they say, oh, yes. Hmm. Why are we still doing things the way we did three years ago when it really is a whole new world? You know, there's opportunity. But if you don't reflect, like you're saying, how can we know this? So there's just understanding it, not trying to keep it going, but just as a baseline. And to make this practical and and actionable right now, how about writing down a big question you've got? How, you know, how do I make this happen? Or what is most important to me? Who do I have to talk to about that? And then going to that chapter that Todd just spoke about to be able to learn more about it. You're going to have a lot of things to do at the end of this episode. Well, I am a professor at NYU and Columbia, so the, you have, people have to expect they're going to get some homework. <laughs> <laughs> but I just want to mention a real-life example, right? There's a concept in managing called MBWA, managing by walking around. Right. right? When the office leader gets up from their desk, wanders around and says, how's your day going? Mm-hmm. Well, how do you do that when everyone's working from home? Or half the people are, right? Can't. So what is the modern day? So that's why looking backwards, you would say, oh, I used to do that. Now as a leader, you need to think about under the, today's circumstances of the hybrid workplace, what's the new equivalent of that when not everyone's in the office? There's proximity bias, right? Are you giving yeah. preferential treatment to the people who are in the office who you see more often over the people who are working from home? Because maybe as a leader, maybe you come in three days a week, but someone else comes in three days a week, but only one of those days overlaps with you, and you think, I never see that person. So you give preferential treatment to the person who works the same three days that you do. And a lot of times, it's put at a disadvantage, people who are doing an amazing job, but they just happen to be doing it from home, let's say Mondays and Fridays, while they're, say, taking care of their kids or their parents or whatever. And is it okay if they get their work done from 9 p.m. till midnight, and they're not at their desk from nine to five during the day, right? So this is a whole new way of thinking, managing, leading that we need to think about. But it helps to think about whether we used to do that was successful, but based on the new changes of this whole new world, what's the equivalent of that? What can I do differently that still achieves the same objective, but in a whole new way? I mean, there's no one-size-fits-all solutions because some people, if you check in with them too often, they feel like you're micromanaging or babysitting them and not often enough they feel like, oh, my leader doesn't care about me anymore and it's out of sight, out of mind. So I would say the best thing a leader can do is connect with each person on your team and say, help me help you. If you remember that line from Jerry Maguire, the movie, right? What do you want to need from me? If someone says, I want to... I'd love to meet with you twice a week, then set up that time. If someone says every two weeks is fine with me, then do that. So that's why I'd say no one's a mind reader. And if people aren't getting what they want and need, it's no one's fault. It's just that you're not communicating and connecting and coming up. You're not in alignment about the best way forward. So that's what I would say is that there's no one size fits all solution to anything. And so having these conversations with people is the most important thing that you can do. Okay, so be mindful of that. How about a second practical idea that's that's very tangible? Sure. The first one was reflection. The second one is introspection. So again, looking inward at who you are and how you are as a leader and realize that, again, as I mentioned earlier, the lens through which you see the world is not the way everyone else does. And maybe some of your ideas are wrong or antiquated. 
If you're a manager and you're match- managing by punch clock, for example, as if you're, you know, remember the beginning of the Flintstones when Fred pulled in and punched his time clock and got home, I said, you're going to turn into Dino the dinosaur as a leader if you think managing the way you used to is going to still work today. So that's what, so my suggestion is don't try to, you know, figure everything out in the vacuum, talk to people, but also do a lot of reading, listen, watch TED Talks, listen to podcasts like this one, read as much as possible from a variety of sources, because there's so much out there being discussed. And again, there's no one size fits all solution. It depends on so many factors. What industry are you in? What function, what products Mm -hmm. and services, demographics of your people, you need to figure out what works for you. So if you're just trying to find some simple cookie cutter solution, like everyone back in the office starting the day after Labor Day and everyone this and everyone that, you're going to lose a lot of good people. So you need to figure out a way. It's more complicated and more complex, but if you want better solutions, you have to put in that time and effort. So that's number two is do some introspection and look at yourself in the mirror because what works for you may not work for everyone else. And of course, the more sources you have. Expanding perspectives. Expanding your perspectives by reading. I like to read and listen to things that I wouldn't normally, but when I'm working on trying to understand more perspectives, I'll listen to outrageous things sometimes. Yeah, I once did a great exercise as part of a leadership workshop. I got everyone up out of the room and we took a field trip down the block to a Barnes & Noble. And the assignment was everyone had to buy a magazine from the from the newsstand that they had never read before. So this big construction guy bought Bride magazine and this woman who worked in fashion bought guns and ammo. And everyone had to bring it back and thumb through those magazines and find at least one idea that they'd not, they wouldn't have thought of if not for that. And it could have been from an image, could have been from an article. People not only came up with one idea, they came up with hundreds of ideas just by going outside of their realm that they usually work in. So I love that, that you said, go to sources that you don't necessarily agree with, don't like, would never yes. have come across before because you never know, you know, external stimuli are amazing ways. Get up and out of your office, walk Walk around the block, you know, flip mm-hmm. TV channels, go on what I call a Google field trip, just jump from link to link and see where do 10, 10 links and see where it leads you to. Ideas can come from anywhere. So those are just a few other tips. Absolutely. So we've started with reflection. We've gone to introspection. What is that third immediately useful idea? And the third one, which is kind of all encompassing is connection, right? We need to connect the dots between us internally. In fact, in my, I wrote an article for the New York Times that was published three months ago called Rip It Up. It's about how I use the New York Times in my, in my classrooms and in my coaching practice. And in that article, I have what I call my learning triangle because my students have to connect the dots between what we talk about in class, the outside world, and them personally. So similarly, if you could connect the dots, and Steve Jobs famously said, we can't connect the dots looking forward, we can only connect them looking backward. But this is a way to connect the dots in the present by taking a look at what's going on in your world, see how it connects to the outside world, external articles, books, you know, movies, and also to yourself, past, present, and future. And when you connect the dots, it gives you new insight and new ways of thinking and new ways of problem solving and decision making that you wouldn't have thought about before. And also connect other people, connect your ideas to those of other people who are different from you. And together, there's a saying as a team, T-E-A-M, together, everyone achieves more. When you connect the dots, everyone achieves more because people want to feel what I call my three Vs, be visible, be vocal and add value. If you talk to other people, people will feel seen, they'll feel heard, and they'll feel like they contributed if we take the time to ask and and to talk to them and to listen. So that's the, the main tip. Listen to other people, go outside of yourself and talk to and listen to other people and 
together make those connections to find new ways of doing things in this whole new world. So talking about connecting the dots, we are connecting the dots between the beginning of this episode and the end of this episode. Can you leave us with some final thoughts about the key to leading and managing in a whole new world? The key word is there is new, right? We are in a new world. Every day is a new world. Marshall Goldsmith, the executive coach who I do a lot of work with now in his MG100 coaches group, he practices the Buddhist philosophy that every time you take a new breath, it's a new you, right? And I love that. Every day when you wake up, it's a new world, right? When you read the newspaper and see what happened overnight in foreign markets and other places. So realize that the old, in a new world, the old ways don't work anymore. And if you do try to hang on to the past, if you do try to just do things the same old way you've always done it, Marshall Goldsmith's book is called What Got You Here Won't Get You There, right? So what got you to where, no matter how successful you are, no, what got you to where you are today is not going to get you to wherever you want to be in the future without changing, without growing, and without trying new things. So that's my, my last tip is that in a whole new world, the old ways don't work and we have to find new ways, but we're not alone. Collaborate with other people, read, talk and find ideas that are floating out there in the world and seeing how you could use them to be more effective within your situation. And that's how you make your visions a reality. And so using that tools of visual communication, create that connection so that you can move forward together. Exactly. Well, Todd, thanks so much for being our guest again on Growth Igniters Radio. We've really enjoyed it. Thank you, Pam and Scott. It's great being with you. It's great to be together, Todd. And thanks to all of you out there for listening to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. To connect with us, get show notes and resource links for this week's episode, including download of that free chapter from Todd's book, go to growthignitersradio.com, select episode 265. Until next time, this is Pam Harper. And Scott Harper. Wishing you continued success and leaving you with this question to think about and act upon. What can I do starting today to lead and manage in a way that brings people together so we can all work more effectively in our constantly changing world? Growth Igniters and Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper are registered service marks of Business Advancement Incorporated. All Growth Igniters Radio episodes are copyrighted productions of Business Advancement Incorporated, intended for the private use of our audience. Except as otherwise provided by copyright law, all other uses including copying, editing, redistribution, and publication without prior written consent of Business Advancement Incorporated are prohibited. All rights reserved.